Hello and welcome to the Final Shots podcast where we talk about sports, movies and everything in between. I'm Tara. And I'm James. And let's get to it. How are you doing, James? I'm doing very well. How are you, Tara? I'm good. I'm good. What are we talk about this week? Um, Quite a lot of things. So let's get to it, shall we? <laughs> um, so our first topic of the day was uh, we watched the Framing Britney Spears documentary and it highlighted how... There's been a campaign by a lot of her fans asking sort of the court to free Britney. And what that means is uh, Britney Spears, who's currently under a contortion. Mm. <laughs> you mean she does her makeup really well, is that what you mean? <laughs> no, that's not unfortunately. What, what do I mean, Conservatorship. Tara? Yes. And do you want to explain more what that means? Yeah, so a conservatorship is basically where usually people who are unable to make their decisions you're, you're with thinking about like older people with dementia things like that um someone is appointed as their kind of guardian to be in control of all their finances their life decisions to kind of help them uh this is also like for people who are very at risk of being taken advantage of as well um it's kind of not usual for it to be of a young person um i think the issue in britney's case is that she seems very, well, look, I, I don't know, but she seems very much capable of making her own decisions. Yeah. So why has someone been put in charge of that? Especially as that person is her dad, who's the one person who she said that she didn't want to be in charge of. So the whole aim also of the documentary is to show that Brittany is fit enough to control her money, essentially, or at least what she wants, which she's been clear as the documentary showed from the start is, even if she was to get into a... Um, a conservatorship mm-hmm. was that a you know a independent company would or a bank would control her finances not someone personal like her dad and I, I mean I don't know why her dad got appointed it to be honest but he has and has still control been controlling her since and essentially maybe we'll get to this uh in a few moments but it has we have also seen potential signs that Britney does want her dad well quite clearly wants her yeah. after comfort i think now now she's campaigned for it and tried to legally yeah. get separated it's very clear but like she's been under this conservatorship for 10 years like over 10 years uh i think for the most of that case you know it seems like she has chosen not to talk about it maybe because she's been coerced not to i don't know the reasons behind it but everything feels a little dodgy it does um and I can't imagine being in that situation and just the whole thing you know I just at the end of the day it just especially looking at the beginning her early interviews she's just a woman who wanted to have a simple life with her family like obviously it's amazing to be successful and rich and whatever but she just wanted to be with her kids and it's just it was heartbreaking it really was and interesting about a conservatorship as Tara alluded was it is for more people who can't really control mm. like they may be mentally incapable of deciding things on their own but f- maybe for the last couple of years maybe not in the recent one to two years Britney has been touring she went on like when I remember her you know reappearing was on a carpool car- uh, karaoke mm. so she clearly is able to work and if you're able to work basically able to make her decisions I don't understand why um, this conservatorship is still happening. Of course, she did agree. Uh, so the uh, the documentary does let us know that. So a conservatorship normally is a temporary thing. 
but then she did agree on it being permanent. And once it becomes permanent, um, you then as a conservatee um, can't decide now, oh yeah, now I, I don't want control anymore. So it, it, she has, I guess, made the situation a bit more complicated for herself. But I think a lot of people have said the reason was so that she'd be able to see her children. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm. Oh, it's crazy. It just feels like these things should be easier to stop than they are, you know? It should be as easy as it was for her to be put in a conservatorship as it is to be taken out. Also, that's a very long word to keep saying. Yes. <laughs> um, and there was a, a lawyer who has said a conservatorship has never been overcome before. That has never been... Mm. Um, yeah, the one overturned. who was on the, on the trial. <laughs> yeah, the one who then a few days or maybe a few weeks after you know, being on the documentary, joined Jamie Spears' team. Also, the, the co-conservative, I think he's left now, the other lawyer that was part of Jamie's team was called Mr Wallet, which I found quite funny. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, they've been making lots of money. Yeah. They've been making lots of money. And we also learn, I think, that they want to file to get more money because they're doing such a good job. It's <sighs> insane. Which is just a... It's just contradictory. Yeah, it just proves that she has... Yeah, exactly, exactly. If she made that much money, this is not a business. This is not trying to profit. <laughs> exactly, they, they said that's what it was, to look at it like a joint yeah, business venture. Exactly. Like, what the fuck? So that sounds more like a business arrangement rather than for someone who, you know, allegedly can't control herself or, you know, can't mm. make her own decisions. Um, but I've also found this documentary was quite interesting in looking at how the media and how the world view successful women. Mm. What, how do you think that, you know, portrayed how we view successful women and how there are different standards, unfortunately, for men and for women? Yeah, I think what's interesting is the kind of... Um, how important image has been throughout Britney's life and her career. Uh, you know, starting from when she was this teenage girl from this small-town America, kind of all-American Christian girl... Uh, with those kind of values as well, you know, even even later you you hear Britney saying things like, oh, I don't want to have sex before marriage and things like that. Um, and I, I guess it is quite a little bit different now, but it's, it's the same idea in the fact that the image of women is so much more important than the image of men, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of shown when you see when she breaks up with Justin, no one's asking what Justin did wrong. It's all about, did Britney cheat, you know, um, and things like that. And that's kind of a hard clip to watch when uh, Justin's talking to some interviewer and kind of Britney's been trying to keep this whole image the whole time of I'm saying myself a marriage and whatever, you know, true or false. It was clear that that was important to her. Yeah. Um, brand or not, I, I don't know personally, but... It was clearly important to her, and he just kind of was like, fuck it, I fucked her, or whatever. It was just horrible. Yeah. Um, and obviously, people were cheering for him, but then calling her a slut. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's a double standard you see all the time. But I think also what was kind of uh interesting look, which I hadn't, didn't even think about, was when her brother comes out and starts talking about it. And I can't remember the exact quote, James, but it's free. Uh, the, guy, the guy said... Uh, was asking him about the women in his family. Yeah. And he said something along the lines of, yeah, it can be difficult because the women in our family are, are strong yeah. and they know what they want. Um, they like to do what they want. Or... Yeah, and, and that's we don't like that, basically. 
<laughs> which was you know it's 2020 can you really think that that's okay to say that apparently so apparently and, so and the interviewer did call him out it's like well 100%. this is america you can do what you want yeah he's like you mean basic human rights <laughs> it was it was wicked i like that, that moment but it's clear that's kind of something that's been you know part of her life especially especially as someone you know, even when Paris Hilton was talking about it, I thought about all these other celebrities. Yes, they are completely controlled in a lot of ways by their managers, by the people who own the companies that they're sponsoring or whatever. Um, and women especially, what they wear, what they look like, how much they weigh, is all being controlled um, and criticised, like heavily, heavily criticised. You know, especially in Britney's case with all the paparazzi. Uh, and also in the fact that, you know... She was very much, like, I would say, it, it was interesting, I, I didn't even think about this as well, with the whole people talking about how it was the era of boy bands, and she was a woman, you know, and she was a girl, um, breaking into that scene. You know, you have this kind of, you're a role model for young girls, but, you know... And, and and even that that what that woman that that the mayor's wife the Texas mayor's wife fact check me there I don't know yeah I but can't remember exactly but <laughs> some mayor's wife said I if I had a gun I'd shoot her yeah on TV yeah. like how is that okay to say I I mean that's completely ridiculous and it just shows so I think the there's no reasoning here but the reasoning I guess for this uh, mayor's lady is mm. that. I think it's because I guess Britney was wearing, you know, pro- provocative clothing mm. and she didn't agree with that because she thinks, uh, you know, a girl shouldn't wear that because if you do, you're viewed as, I don't know, you know, like a slut or something like that, mm. which is, which just shows the standard where if women wear sort of attractive clothing, they're viewed as sluts. Well, like, why can't women just wear, you know, nice clothes and not being called out for it? Or people threatening that they would at literally shoot them. It just yeah. shows sort of the, how, how all of our mindsets are drilled into the fact that women should just be these sort of... Uh, Pure, pristine, can't do anything wrong type exactly. of deal. And but then also want to make money out of their bodies. So yeah. like what you're doing there. Yeah. Like also at the same day, like hit me baby one more time. I mean, maybe Britney chose that outfit. I'm fairly sure that was the the, <laughs> the men in charge probably yeah. uh, chose that outfit and uh, made a lot of money off it, you know? Um, and, you know, what some of my favourite scenes like were kind of these early interviews with Britney when she was saying stuff like, look, I'm not here to babysit your kids. Do you know what I mean? Fucking preach. I love it. Like, as much as I'm there for a good role model, there's nothing better than a good role model for young girls than a woman who can speak for herself and be in charge and do whatever the fuck she likes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, one final point we did want to particularly make was the impact of paparazzi on Mm. not just Britney, uh, Britney specifically, but I guess the paparazzi culture Mm. it's this uh environment where bad news is good news for them and you know i think that a lot of people have comparisons of their say normal life compared to the glitz and glams of hollywood um and how oh you know even in regards to footballers or movie stars or you know singers they got so much money they have no problems in the world but it's 
I think it's very easy to uh, forget that these people are just normal people. These people are just like me and you, but they, I guess, had a lucky break or, you know, they are very talented. And the way paparazzi make it so you can't even go to shops and get a loaf of bread without, you know, being judged probably by your outfit. Oh, mm. Britney's wearing this, Britney's wearing that. Like, that's... A... I'm with her kids. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. hard, you know? And, you know, you think in a, in a kind of... I guess parallel to that, you think Princess Diana over here, you know, yeah, of and, and and you know even Meghan Markle like completely destroyed by the by the press, uh, it's horrible. It really is horrible to see. Like honestly, just because they're public figures, doesn't mean they've signed up for any of this, you know. You know, there's there's an element they need to be held up to a different standard. Yeah. But also, they they deserve their privacy and their own lives as much as anyone else. We're a lot more educated um, and a lot more understanding of mental health issues in general and a lot more open about talking about it. Um, and I think it was kind of shocking and horrible to see the kind of jokes being made about Britney, yeah. um, about her shaving her head or attacking people in the umbrella. I remember that. I can't remember how old we were. But I remember seeing that like in newspapers and probably thinking the same thing. Yeah. Whereas now I see... like a single mother not being able to see her two kids being attacked every day by paparazzi. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a sorry, sorry image. Um, I remember I watched, uh, I recently saw on Twitter, a uh, clip from the Late Late Show before James Corden had it. Ah, jeez, wasn't it? Craig Ferguson. Right. Um, and he made a really, really good statement being like, and this was at the time, um, kind of being like, I don't want to joke about this, you know? This is a real live human person. Why are we making fun of this person who's clearly in the need of help? Um, and not only did she not get help, she got <laughs> basically kidnapped for life. Like I, I, I don't even know what other way to call it. Um, and you know, I at the time and now, I also think there's a complete double standard in the way that men are looked at and the way women are looked at with mental health issues. You know. Men are like kooky and funny, um, which also isn't good. You know, you should take mental health seriously and not just laugh at it. Like I know with people like Kanye West, um, he's very much laughed at in a way with things that probably should be taken more seriously. Yeah. But also, no one has thought we should take power away from this man. Whereas with a woman, they're like, oh, she can't deal with the fame. She yeah. can't handle it. You need to take it away from her. She, you yeah. know. Basically, she's this poor little girl who needs to be controlled rather than she's this woman who needs help. Um, and yeah, I think mental health needs to be looked at and treated with very differently with everyone. But I do think if Brittany was a man, this would be very, very different. Yeah, I think um, overall in this documentary, I think it did highlight well the paparazzi culture and it did. Uh, at least inform me more about the story of Britney Spears and how it, you know, being has been a rough, you know, maybe two decades for her now, mm. um, and how she is still being controlled by her father. Where all she's asking for is really for someone else to control money. She's not even just saying, "Oh, I just want my own control." It's, I just don't want my father in the, in the picture. Basically, pretty fair so enough. So I think. Yeah. Hopefully she can get that. Um, but it's a good watch. I would recommend it. 
Yeah, I think it's important to know. Yeah, very important to know. And and it does remind you, Britney has some great songs as well. Oh. Like you don't forget it, but it, they share yeah. some incredible songs. Yeah, Honestly, awesome. Yeah, like right in the end, I can't remember who was saying it. I think it was maybe kind of her assistant. Yeah, Lynn. Her I friend think assistant, her name, or... who was like, you know, at the end of the day, we just remember want people to remember how talented this young girl was. Yeah. And woman still is, you know, Britney's incredible. Um, and I hope that she can end up having a good and happy life. I hope she is, but uh, it seems like she's not. So yeah, thoughts out to Brittany. Hashtag free Brittany. <laughs> I know we, we, we kind of were a bit late on this, but you know, if people haven't watched it, you definitely should. Yeah. Um, and I guess moving on to a bit more lighthearted stuff, but also looking at the, the yeah. role of the role of women. Um, a league of their own, our yeah. movie sports movie of the week. Yeah, so that was about how, I guess, around World War Two, where men were off fighting the war. Mm-hmm. So there was a lack of sports people, entertainment, you know, because obviously there were plenty of people. And so set in America, plenty of people still back home. Um, and as we know, in a pandemic, you know, <laughs> you always need your sport. Exactly. Whatever happens, you always exactly. need your sport. World Wars, pandemics, football keeps on going. Or baseball in this case. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think there were, I don't know, was it concerns about, you know, baseball in general, but they wanted to get uh, more revenue for the Baseball Association. Um, so they decided to create a women's baseball league. Yeah. This so, is all a true story, by the way. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, the, the movie we watched was a 90s movie. Based off that true story. Yes, so it came out in 1992. Okay. So, you know, some quite famous names in there, to be honest. Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna. Madonna. Don't Laurie... <laughs> <laughs> just skip over Madonna. Honestly, she wasn't bad. She wasn't half bad. I'm surprised we haven't seen yeah. her in more. Yeah, it, no, it's definitely true. Uh, enjoyed her performance. And <laughs> there was a... Laurie Petty, who plays Lolly Whitehill from uh, Orange is New Black. Yeah, it took me ages to figure out why. There were so many faces in there that I was like, definitely recognise this person. Where are they from? We we got the IMDb out several times, I will admit. Like, Jean Davis? I mean, I don't really know her, but... Stuart Little? Are you serious? I have seen Stuart Little, but that was when I was a kid. So. I mean, to be honest, I didn't even watch it as a kid. Maybe that's why I remember it more, uh... because, you know, my mum's scared of mice. Yes. So yeah, as an adult, great movie. Gene Davis smashed it as usual. Come on a podcast. <laughs> so yeah, so um A League of Their Own, which also is really hard to Google because of the British TV yeah. quiz show. Um I d- have you watched the quiz show League of Their Own? James Corbett? I have or not heard not of League anymore. of Their Own whether it be the movie or the series. So. That is, it's, it's got Harry Redknapp on it, I think. Probably Jamie Redknapp. If Jamie Redknapp, Jamie Redknapp, Redknapp and the Andrew son? Flintoff. Oh, interesting. Is that the son of Freddie Flintoff? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, either way, I think Freddie Flintoff is also in it. I'm from a quick scan of the podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll have to figure out who you are first. Oh, mm. Is he football? Is he cricket? Uh, I He's think cricket. cricket, yeah. Oh, you don't know. Oh, you don't know. Cricket. Okay, fair enough. 
Fair fact check, that. please, listeners. <laughs> fact check him out there. Because I also think James talks a big game about sports, but it's quite easy to do that to someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. You could just be talking absolute nonsense, and I'd believe it. As Gokwan says, it's all about the confidence, guys. So <laughs> moving swiftly on. <laughs> the... I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Tom Hanks is in it, as I said, and he's, I guess, this washed up mm. star mm. who, you know, has done his knee so he can't really play anymore. And he wants a job and he gets given one. But as the coach of the women's team, and oh, no. he clearly didn't want that. Not but... the women's team. <laughs> but these women were amazing at baseball. And then he started to get, you know, slowly and slowly more and more invested and... And then you see him develop as a coach. Mm. But, uh... I'm really glad that him and Gina Davis's character didn't hook up in the end. Yeah. Like, it's a kind of typical thing you'd see. But I'm really glad, like, just because it's man and woman doesn't mean that they, you know, need to, you know... Have sex. And she was a married woman. Yeah, so... but, you know, I mean, you kind of, the whole time I was like, are they gonna, are they not, whatever. Mm. But I'm glad it was just like, okay, they actually just fucking respect each other. He thinks she's wicked at baseball. She thinks he's a bit shit, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> they, they kind of respect each other and they get on as colleagues, but also friends. I, th- I thought it was wicked. Um, I think, yeah, I think you, you were saying you really liked the relationship between the sisters. I think that was so interesting to look at. Yeah, I mean... So Gina Davis's character was, you know, even though she loved the sport, she she had this persona, or at least from the outside, was saying how, you know, her most important thing was to create, um, uh, have a family, which mm. you know makes sense if that's what she wanted. But she clearly loved the sport. Whilst her sister, played by uh, Laurie, she you know really loved the sport. Maybe wasn't as talented as her sister, and it was interesting showing you know the big sister little sister relationship, and you know. Of course, we're talking about the movie, so spoiler alert, but it was a nice transition between the very, you know, one of the first few scenes as we see um, Laurie's character, who, you know, we're going to call her Kit now, because that was her actual, you know, the name of the character. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how she tried to bat a high ball, I guess, and miss all three times, and all of this circles around. So so they're on the same team for most of the movie. Um but then they go into an argument and uh, uh, Gina Davis's character. <laughs> <laughs> so how well did you research this week, James? Uh, you know what? It's a work in progress. <laughs> Dottie. You know, Dottie. Her, her character is Dottie. <laughs> you see, um, I would edit this out. But I think, I think it adds, yeah. <laughs> James. I think it adds to what our listeners think of you. 100%. <laughs> I say. Um... So, yes, Dottie and Kit fall out. Kit goes to the other team and the final uh, match between the two teams is between, obviously, Dottie's team and Kit's team. Yeah. Um, But then, so, at this point, I guess the war is ending slash ended. I think ending more. Um, And her husband, so Dottie's husband, returns and, in a sense, she... I guess for for the period of the nineteen forties, she stops doing her work and goes back. I guess to look after her husband, um, which clearly didn't seem like what she wanted. Even though she said she wanted it, you can tell she loved the game of mm. baseball, um, and of all times, she'll quitting during the playoffs. You know, 
Um, but anyway, fast forward, you get to the final. They the the two teams go neck and neck. They go free up. Uh, they go they draw they're drawing free free, uh, without Dotty who is still you know decided she's not playing. And then we get to the final and we get a scene where there's a reveal and Dotty's playing and. I mean, is it better late than never? You find out in the movie it was a bit too late because they... <laughs> you on... feel a little bad for Alice, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Alice, so they got a whole replacement for her, Alice, who trains, plays all the games up to that point, really kind of earned her spot. Sorry, Alice. Yeah, <laughs> Dotty's <Dottie>. back. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess there was a final play of the game and what happened was... Dottie got run over by her sister. And if she had caught the ball, they would have won. But she dropped the ball. And on it meant... purpose or not? That is the question. See, I did think it was on purpose. But then the sportswoman in her makes me think she wouldn't do that. Mm. She loves the game of baseball too much to taint her like that like she she didn't mind subbing her own sister for example but also you know she loves her family so much you know that is true that is true and she <clears throat> i think she kind of even though they only talked about it afterwards i think she kind of knew that kit wanted it more than she did you know yeah yeah it's yeah really 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 interesting and that did end up being dotty's only season um playing baseball and then you know start to start a family um was i think her sister did carry on but yeah so at the end it shows this really lovely scene where there's a i guess celebration of the female league and yeah they're get... opening like an exhibition yeah i think and there's a reunion between the whole team and you see them all old uh with their families together and so before this they they made up this song they sang and at the end of the movie they sing the song again to reminisce about their time these uh of you know this camaraderie which so many sports people say you don't miss the playing you don't miss you know trading i guess but Mm. but you miss your friends your your teammates Mm. that environment you don't always get like for the rest of your life that is maybe the best time you'll ever experience um, at least professionally anyway. So honestly, really good movie. Enjoyed Tom Hanks as well as a, one of his more earlier roles for sure. He looked very young, as did Madonna. Madonna, <laughs> um, but, man. Yeah, was, we haven't talked enough about Madonna no, from Madonna Bit movie criminal. games. Bit criminal. <laughs> All I'll say is, love the acting. Where was the singing? <laughs> Where was the singing? Do we know if she sung before this role? I'm guessing she did. She's Madonna. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Madonna's been around for a while. Hey, she hey, hey. Was... Put a bit more respect on Madonna's <laughs> name. <laughs> She's definitely around for 1992. Ah, yeah, true. True. I mean, how much Madonna do you actually know, Jens? Hardly anything. I bet you, you only know the <laughs> only got five minutes to save the world. Yes. Justin Blake. You know the, only the that the Northeast classics. A few more. <laughs> Is she perform at Eurovision? Question mark. Oh my gosh! I mean, to be fair, I don't even know. But oh, no, I don't she's think American. so. Yeah, I really don't think so. Okay. How old do you think Madonna is? Right now. Just curious. Yeah. Uh, fifty. Higher. 
Fifty-five. Sixty-two. Wow, exactly. amazing. Exactly. Amazing. I, I mean, she looks great for it, so yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. But Like a Virgin was like 80s, you know, pretty much. She, she was just like an 80s queen. So to say, was she around before 19? Was she making mu- mu- uh, music? Disgrace. Disgrace, James. Anyway, <laughs> enough about Madonna. What did, what did you think in general of this movie? And kind of what it looked about women in sport and things like that. I think, so, we're seeing a lot more women's sports coming out the forefront now, even, like, with, uh, you know, women's football. But it was interesting looking at sort of dynamics in the movie where they were saying how they wanted to sell this uh, brand of women's baseball as a more provocative Mm. sport. They got them to wear dresses instead of the normal uniform because that's what, you know men like yikes um <laughs> but and i think that is a difficulty in women's sport is just the fact that women are, are also great at sport but there is this barrier they have to overcome which is sad to say that you know men men's sport is just so easy for people to sort of yeah. get invested in if you're good at it you do well yeah, people exactly. watch you i think the issue we saw back in the 40s yeah, quite a long time <laughs> in, ago in that movie um but also what you see today is just the audience you know the women were incredible the people there were like wow these these are some incredible players yet no one was there to watch it and therefore they didn't get the money they didn't get the funding um and i think <clears throat> that was quite interesting seeing like like you were saying they kind of uh tried to use other means to like raise attention because they were like you know what it doesn't matter people aren't going to watch our game Fuck it, let's just do whatever we can, you know? Who cares? If they're going to make us wear dresses, let's go fucking kiss people who catch a foul ball. I love it. I yeah. loved it. I thought yeah. it was great. I thought it was really funny, but also, like, kind of believable. I don't know if that really happened in real life, but, yeah, you would, right? Yeah. As in, as long as you're fighting for your existence, like, you try exactly. to do whatever you can. As long as you own it. Yeah, use what they're, they're, yeah. they're doing against them, you know what I mean? Um, but I think it's interesting, like, while we're watching, like, we've talked a lot about, like, women's football and how to get it more, like, popular. Um, I mean, I, I say women's football because I don't know much about the other sports, like, WNBA, things like that. Um, but, you know... Very, very dumb question. I'm sure there's plenty of reasons why not. You know, so we talked about other tactics like playing uh, women's football before men's football, you know. Yeah. Um, like the Arsenal women team before the before the men's team game, things like that. And the kind of pros and cons of that. Why don't we just do women's football out of season with men's football? As in to play women's the women's season when it's not men's season. Yeah, because you think about it, the reason why these women finally got to be shown was because there weren't any men. Yeah. <laughs> you know, can you know, can women fight against men in this kind of society? I don't know. I mean hopefully at some point. But in the meantime, why don't we just not fight for the same space and just have a different space? Well, it's interesting because I think what I'd say is, I mean, I don't fully know the actual um, times for when the women's season starts, to tell you the truth. So I cannot go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know when it starts. 
Fair dues. Like, Fair dues. I actually don't think it, it co- like aligns with. Uh... You know what, James? You know what I've said on this podcast and many others. Um, maybe it's time to do some research. <laughs> Get back to me on the next podcast. I'm joking. That was a bit out of nowhere, but yeah. I mean, I'd love to have a proper discussion about this and like the ways we can look forward um, to kind of becoming a more equal sporting system. Um, I mean, there's plenty of inequality in sport, not even looking at like, you know, trans issues and um, kind of homophobia and everything in sport. Um, But yeah, (laughs) I don't think we can cover that in our next 10 minutes. (laughs) So... What do you think of the Man City game? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, because we both know a lot. About it. <laughs> no, but sorry, listeners, we will become educated, yes. and we will. This is a journey, guys. <laughs> a journey. We all need to work to be better, <laughs> and we're getting there one day at a time. <laughs> so, do you know who's also getting better one day at a time? Who? Man City. Oh, Man City. I'm sorry about this, but there was the Man City Arsenal game. Yes. Um, and let's just say it wasn't a fun watch. Yeah. Maybe maybe for City fans, the first two minutes were quite fun. Unfortunately, we missed the first two minutes. We came in on the third minute. Um, <laughs> and everyone knew up. And um, not, not much changed. Not there. much changed. Not much changed, so, sadly. What did you think of the game? My thoughts. My thoughts. Um, <laughs> sadness. Uh, despair. <laughs> Uh, frustration. Um, is is that enough? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> no, I will say it. Like, I mean, I, 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 I'm. I'd like to watch more football and kind of understand the the kind of the the plays and stuff. But I think, I mean, the 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 whole thing I was saying to you throughout this whole game, which was probably a bit mean. I probably should have just let you cry in peace. Was. Why why are Arsenal so inconsistent? You know, I mean, th- this is unfair because Man City is right now just destroying everyone. So it's not really Arsenal's fault. But what leads to this kind of inconsistency? Um, Is Arsenal a good team? Is Arsenal a bad team? They are the Nicolas Cage of Premier League football. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well... Oh. <laughs> Wow. Is that, that the is hot some... take of the week? On <laughs> <laughs> the Nicholas Cage in Premier League football. So for this game alone against Man City, I don't think you necessarily expect Arsenal to win anyway. Mm-hmm. They are currently on a run of eighteen games, winning eighteen straight games, showing the form of Man City, who, as I said last week, will comfortably win the Premier League. So why are Arsenal so up and down? Well. First thing I'd like to say is the Premier League have a lot of quality teams, which means, as the saying goes with Premier League, anyone can beat anyone. And that really legitimately is true. Financially, they're one of the top teams in the Premier League, which means they're still a top team because of the financial pool and the historic sort of... Um... Success? <laughs> I'm sorry, this, uh, this is a tough subject for you. I understand this, James. <laughs> Not to keep, you know, beating a dying dog. Is that oh, my phrase? God. <laughs> but is this a management issue then? If they have the money to buy the good players, 
Is it a management issue? They've been through a couple of managers. Arteta was looking Fair. promising. Is it time for him to leave? Please say no. I love watching no. him. He's the only reason I watch the games. He is a brunette Carlisle. Prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What I would say is there has been a few puzzling choices maybe in the transfer window. So the squad itself, it still needs addressing. So there are issues we you know, like only recently Emil Smith has been a revelation and in coming into the side, but attacking midfield was a big issue. And without a creative hub, it has meant that Arsenal on the attacking side has not had a reliable source of supply for the strikers of Bamiang. And without um playmakers around a striker, any team's gonna find it hard to score. Defensively, Arsenal have struggled for a long while. We have seen improvement, which is why Arsenal are on potentially, tra- you know, a trajectory upwards. But they won guess... the FA Cup last year. Exactly, and that that was such a you know potential great stepping stone. It clearly hasn't helped them progress because they are currently tenth. As I look at the table now, tenth is not bad. Tenth is not bad. But it's then, better than the beginning of the season. What? Well, exactly, and also there is context involved because it's such a close season where. We are behind Liverpool, only by six points. Only by six Liverpool. points. Liverpool. 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 Is that saying good things about us or bad things about Liverpool? <laughs> I mean, I think particularly bad things about Liverpool, mm. who are on a horrendous run. Mm. And Is it goodbye, Pep? Well, Klopp. Oh, oops. <laughs> oops. Who's Pep? Probably City? not goodbye, Pep. On Man City, who will probably <laughs> win the Premier League, but you know that'll be that'll be quite harsh. Will he and... clop 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 away? Oh, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> but, Saving um, it with a joke. <laughs> the question could be: Will Liverpool finish in the top four? And they're currently five points behind West Ham, which is ludicrous. Who that? Who West Ham beat Spurs on the weekend? Is being a aside from who's going to win a Premier League, which now honestly is. Consolidated, but... I mean, Man City, right? Yes, yes. Oh, Pep must have a pep in his step, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Did I win it back? Did I win it back? (laughs) But for West Ham to be fourth, which is credit to David Moyes, it's been such an unpredictable season and the race for top four will will be very tense. And if Liverpool don't make it, that will be... The shock of the season. Do we make bets on this podcast? We can do. Mm, I think maybe what I won't. Would you like to I think those? maybe I won't. Let's just let's okay. just leave it as that. We'll All see. Right. We'll see what happens. We'll see when things get a little closer. We'll see when things so, get a little closer. Um, but across the pond. Okay. We also uh, it was quite a sporty week for us. Yes. Considering you know what, I do enjoy a match myself. Okay. But I feel like we never really sit down and sit down and watch any. We did, however, catch the Pelicans versus Celtics. Yes. Or as I like to call them, the Celtics, as they <laughs> should be pronounced. <laughs> so, as someone who, I guess, doesn't watch as much NBA, not not saying I watched that much, what were your thoughts? How okay. was the game? Okay. So, we started off. And already, because I have my preconceived notions, I was just chatting shit about <laughs> the basketball. I was saying, why are there so many ads? 
why is everyone breaking? You know, why, why, why is we like literally? There was like forty five seconds left on the clock, and there was so much stoppages. I was like, what is happening? What is actually happening? This game did not help the stereotype of American football stop. Oh, sorry, American sports stop every second. But do you know what it did, James? Please. It showed me that even though I was saying why football is so much more exciting, why because they score so much, it doesn't even matter when they score, what the hell's happening. Sorry, going on my rant again. Um, It did show me all these things can lead to a very exciting game, which yeah. is what we saw yeah. the other night. Yeah, so... A game with the Celtics and Pelicans. We've got some key stars. Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown. We've got Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. So I think the Celtics led maybe as much as 24 points. And Mm. the Pelicans... In the third quarter, James. In the third quarter. In the third quarter, exactly. And the Pelicans uh, drew it and then sent it it to overtime. And they somehow got the win. Like, Tatum did level it up to send it... Uh, sorry, Tatum sent it into overtime because the Pelicans somehow led. Um, but aside from an amazing shot by Tatum, very clutch. Um, it was just every point was a battle. It yeah. was insane. It was neck it and was neck. It was brutal out there. Neck and neck. There was definitely a lot of um, officiating calls, deciding who, what came off. Getting out that fingers. VAR, you know? <laughs> The American VAR. Um, <laughs> was there as much controversy about that as the UK one? Do you know if they had that before we did? I don't know because I guess the, the officiating is being quite an integral part of the NBA mm. for... Well, I mean, I've been following, what, for two years now? Yeah. This this being my second year, so... <laughs> or third year, maybe. Ooh. Third year, actually, Ooh. so... Oh, uh, check you out. Quite the experienced veteran. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not. But, um, no, so it's, it's ingrained in the culture in mm. a way VAR clearly has plenty of resistance. Yeah. That's not to say NBA fans in general don't know that the final seconds of the game, as exciting as this game was, it really was, you know, end-to-end. Um, NBA fans and just, I guess, why general fans can find it difficult to get into uh, basketball is there are a lot of stoppages. And... To put this uh, right, the stoppages are needed. The timeouts so that the head coaches give their game plans and uh, bring the ball forward are integral parts. It's like chess. I'm going to move my uh, rook here so my horse can go there. So they're it's, just lazier. Is that what you're saying? They're just lazier. They can't run for 90 minutes <laughs> is what you're saying. they got nothing on our boys. <laughs> but no, NBA can be a very fun and exciting game. Um, and I hope you did enjoy... It was great. It was great. I was really trying not to like it. Um, but I think we chose a very good game to watch, yeah. and I can't deny yeah. it. Um, but <laughs> speaking of uh, many, many points and leads and etc., I don't know quite how to make this transition. You had a good week last week with fantasy. How was this week? So just to uh, stretch the the positivity of last week, mm-hmm. I did end up with 104 points. 104! So... 104! Is that your first triple triple points of the season? Yes. So, Ooh. I mean, you don't get many hundreds anyway. Or at least I don't, mm-hmm. right? But it is sweet and it is my first one of the season. Um, I've had a few hundreds, of course. <laughs> but... 
So very good showing. Had a good captain, Gondawan, with 19 points. Only played the one game, even though there's two games. But um, can't complain with 38 points. So, the, you know, going on to this week. And could we say... So there's a double game week on, and I've got three players playing twice. All Leeds players with Rafinha, Dallas, and Bamford. With Bamford being my captain. So far, he's only got two points. Yikes. So not the best return, to be honest. What's his next game? Playing Southampton. What team is he on? Oh, he's on Leeds. Okay, Okay, so he could could do all right. Well, that's what I hope for. But um, I guess so far, my week has been pretty average, to be honest. Such is my faith in Arsenal. I did have two, what, three Man City players and two, <laughs> two defenders kept uh, kept the clean sheet each. And the only other sort of person worth men- uh, mentioning is Bruno Fernandes with another goal and assist. Another penalty. So, you know, he didn't really do it himself, but... He's been on an incredible run. He's scored four straight. Uh, he's scored in four straight games, so that's fifteen goals and twelve assists. Why don't you captain him in twenty five? <laughs> <laughs> in twenty five games, you know that's a very astute point. So I think I got clouded by the fact that I had players playing twice. Uh. So I put Bamford as my captain and Bruno against Newcastle. Probably should have been the correct choice. Uh, it's understandable. It's understandable. Though. Do you have any, just as a, a long-term question, yeah. do you have any chips left? <laughs> That's a very interesting question. And no, Tara does not mean Doritos or Quavers. Oh, oh. Uh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Insert fake laughter here. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Speaking of that, uh, next week is actually potentially the most exciting game week that will happen this season. Which, and the reason for that is because there are six extra games for the game week. So 16 games. That means a total of 14 teams are playing twice. Mm-hmm. Which means everyone's going to play twice. Double game weeks galore. Love it. Uh, regarding chips, I've got a triple captain and a bench boost. Bench boost means your whole bench gets points. Triple captain means your captain triples in points. Um, I'm glad you haven't used that so far because you would have been quite disappointed. Yes. Well, I was planning to do a bench boost, but I don't know if my team is, my bench is quite looking as tasty as I <laughs> want it to be. So I currently have 10 players who will play twice, and I will make that 11 by the end of the game week deadline. So maybe it's looking more likely I'll do a trip captain on a Mohamed Salah or Bruno Fernandes <laughs> from my mistake. But clearly, if I captain him this week, he won't do anything. So that is the uh, the rule and the curse of fantasy football. But <laughs> it should be exciting uh, game week where, you know, you love when everybody plays twice. But clearly, the players who you think will play twice just won't. They'll get rested. Um, it should be very exciting. I mean, I'm glad you haven't used the triple captain chip, knowing your choice of captains. Um, <laughs> but just technically, surely you use it in a double game week. What's the advantage of not? Well, I think it's more the fact of the last game of the season is always known to have really high scores, mm. which is why even though... So double game weeks, 
increases the chances of more points because there's more games. Yeah. But if your player doesn't play twice, mm. it's still it, he's only playing one, one game, which then you've potentially wasted your triple captain. And it depends on the quality of the opposition. Yeah, and maybe he's tired, you know. Yeah, exactly. Double and game they're, week, they're tired. Knackered, you know. Um, so that's <laughs> Everyone maybe... needs a break sometimes. Exactly. So maybe that's one reason why I wouldn't do my triple captain because I know the last game of the season is so unpredictable and can be quite high scoring that mm. that's worth it as a second choice, basically. Quality um, over quantity, I see. Exactly. I see. Mm. Um, but I do... Normally, these chips are a lot better and should be used during um, double game weeks. But mm. they don't always go as expected. I mean, I'm glad you didn't use it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, ho- hopefully. Hopefully we'll get a few more points against Leeds. Uh, no, Leeds are playing Southampton. Okay, so. I, d- I have not been listening very well. I apologise. <laughs> I apologise. I will be doing better next time. We're all doing better, aren't we? We're all doing better. So, going on to our last segment of the week... Top creator for you? Um, maybe not for this week specifically, but just in general, I particularly enjoy Football Daily, which is a YouTube channel. Um, who also have a, I guess a, you know a, a joint channel which is also called the Euro Football Daily. So essentially, they are one entity. I've literally, I didn't even know that. I, I've, I, I watched Football Daily. I didn't even know that. Yeah, so they're mainly well, no. I'm a fake fan. <laughs> <laughs> there are a group of um, group of guys who talk a lot about what's happened in the week of football, sort of headline stories, such as, well, this week they're talking about how to replace uh, your club's best players, like, for example, with Man City, uh, with Aguero coming maybe to the end of his time there. Who could come there? Is it Haaland? Is it Kane? Mbappe would be very exciting. Mm-hmm. But they just uh, talk a lot about how they you know you could rebuild sides and just about the results and football daily is talking more about the domestic football so premier league while euro football daily covers la liga Serie A, uh, liga and, and the bundesliga um and they have a podcast as well and they're you know well-informed guys and use stats to back up their arguments and points and I think, I mean, they release a video every day, so you'll never be short of football content. So definitely worth a listen, watch, whichever you choose. Wicked, wicked. Well, I do love a bit of football daily, even though I have revealed I am a fake fan. <laughs> However, what I am not a fake fan of is the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. Ah. So l- late last year, um, I introduced James to Prime Prejudice. Yes, you met. You, you did. Slightly unsuccessfully, maybe. I think, uh, so we watched Prime Prejudice, we watched Bridget Jones, um, of course, Prime Prejudice, I mean the Colin Firth version, the of only course. version we talk about. Um, Mr. Dark. <laughs> and, uh, he came out, um, preferring Bridget Jones, oh, which was classic. not the plan. Oh my God. And if you Hugh Grant, <laughs> just wins, doesn't it? I mean, I love it too, so I can't criticise, but... Um, yeah, I feel like you weren't quite for the original story. However, another version, which we will watch at some point, but which I've kind of been dipping dabby into recently, and, you know, I've I've watched this a thousand times, came out eight years ago, The Lizzie Barrett Diaries, um, which is Friend Prejudice, modern day vlog version. Wow. Amazing. 
loved it. Co-created by Hank Green from awesome. the Vlogbrothers and Bernie Sue. Um, and oh, it's just so great. It's so great. I could rewatch it a thousand times. I love it. Um, check it out if you haven't seen it. It's it's I think I think it won like a primetime Emmy Emmy. It was like YouTube's first primetime Emmy. Nice. Um and and uh Bernie Sue's actually working on a well no is on like season three of his Twitch live streamed scripted show okay. uh called Artificial, which is also won an Emmy, I think, for which was Twitch's first Emmy. Insane. That man just keeps making masterpieces. Keep watching, guys. <laughs> I mean as a concept, it sounds great. It is um, great. Watch it. Better than Pride and Prejudice? Um in your opinion? They're very different. Sell it to me because Oh yeah, I mean you'll like it. You'll okay, like fine. it. It's modern day speak. Cool. It's cool. it's I think Pride and Prejudice you you love it because the characters are so great, but I think it is difficult to jump right into it. You know, I I watched it after having read it, and I think obviously when you read it, like you're very much used to the language, you understand exactly what's going on. Um, whereas I think, especially with something, you know, slightly older, as in the version, I think it was like two thousand five or whatever. Plus, based on something very much older, uh, things do kind of fall under, you know, a bit harder to understand. Not calling you dumb or anything, James. I mean, <laughs> I definitely like didn't get it, is all I can say. But <laughs> that makes me dumb, so be it. <laughs> On that rosy note, let's uh, pick our next sports movie of the week. Let's see what we got. Awesome. Right. Oh, wait. No, my, my choice. My choice. Yes, your choice. Oh, you shake it up. Just shake it, shake it up, Tara. Right, you know. Sorry, sorry. Please. And this week's movie is Drumroll Wimbledon! Wimbledon! <laughs> Another Kirsten Dunst. Awesome. So, on that note, I would like to maybe add just a bit more sports news because everyone loves sports. Of course. Novak Djokovic won his 18th Grand Slam. Two behind Australian Open, of course. Um, two behind now Nadal and Federer. And the debate of who the next GOAT, uh, who will end up being the GOAT of uh, tennis is quite an interesting and fascinating debate, which Joffrey honestly may be, will end up at least with the most Grand Slams. Thoughts? <sighs> I like, you always want people to do better and kind of smash through records. In this case, I don't. <laughs> I want it to end with Federer and Nadal joint place for all time. That is what I want. Yeah. I'm sorry, Djokovic. I want you to end on seven. I don't know how many. He's currently on eighteen. Okay, so get get and that he's the nineteen of to feel all better. Three of them. Yeah, he's got to do it. It just makes me sad. Yeah, I feel are... like we were in that era. You know, we were rooting for those guys. Yeah. You know, I remember watching the 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 one when Adele won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seven time. sets. Like it got really it dark crazy. on the BBC. That was an amazing match. And because it's fair to say you're more of a Federer fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, was, yeah. I'm definitely more of a Nadal yeah. admirer. As my mom is. <laughs> uh, who, who doesn't love that left hand? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> Either way, what a time to be alive. Exactly. And credit to Novak Djokovic, but it just doesn't give me the best vibe sometimes, you know? Mm. And he's just a tag along on the Federer and Nadal, but. Maybe we're being a bit harsh. Clearly have our allegiances, but 
that's for another pod. That's for another pod. And on that note, see you next time. Final shots. Thank you for listening. <laughs>